The Ask Podcast. Hello dear listener, welcome to The Ask Podcast where we talk about technology and people and in this episode we are joined by Malia Mungo Richard, a South Sudanese refugee who is currently living in Eden Rhino Camp refugee settlement. So Richard is a self-taught innovator who learned about open source technology through the Access to Skills and Knowledge Network project in 2018. He has since participated in numerous open tech events through the hubs and also became an agent trainer for Rogue Agency in 2020 uh, for the Asnet project. So Richard is passionate about environmental protection and has been working on creating automatic water dispensers uh, using recycled plastic containers to reduce plastic disposal and also help prevent the spread of diseases in his community. So we are so privileged and of course super excited having you Richard on the show. Thank you, Romeo. Now, I just want to jump into the first question here. Can you tell us more about how you became interested in using open source technology to solving problems in your community? My way into open technology started way back in 2019 in the AskNet 2019 TOT training by Rock Agency in partnership with Community Technology Empowerment Network and Hype Collab. So we had these amazing facilitators who introduced us to the open tech, open source resources, and then I kicked on from there. That's very amazing. Um, now, how did you come up with the idea for the automatic water dispenser, right? That's a little bit fun, yeah. Um, I think the problem at hand, which was the COVID-19, and then the accessibility to resources. So the resources are in terms of material, electronic components, things like that. Mm. So uh, on the problem, um, I remember we were sensitized by the health expert, the health experts on um, prevention of uh, the COVID-19, which had all the two main, main, main parts. One is uh, avoiding touching. Or, or contact and then the next one is washing your hands daily so i was like oh i think i can build something on on that which of course the 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 the, the touch part or the contact part could be maybe integration of sensors onto something like a plastic bottle and then yeah then somebody can easily wash hand without touching that is super brilliant. That's super brilliant. And um, so what were some of the challenges you faced while building it, actually? Um, yeah, I was good at the electronic parts, but then the mechanical parts was a little bit tough. So merging the, the electrical components with the plastic was a huge challenge. Okay, just to somebody who has never known about your automatic water dispenser, is there a way you can explain to us, like, how, how does it work? How does it even look like? Well, on the electronic components or electronic part of it, um, we have a, a sensor, which of course detect your uh, some detect your your hand, and then send the signals to to the motor to respond. Like when it senses you, then sends a signal to the motor, and then the motor operates to release the water from the tank. So literally, your presence next to the tank will allow water to come, and then you wash your hands, and then. Your, when you when you move out, 
from the tank then it just switches off automatically which basically actually also like saves water and then also on the other side i guess it it helps it helps somebody not to keep touching that particular knob for tap for opening like you know like the traditional uh, water um, tanks that have been existing probably in the refugee camps i can guess they've been having the tap like everybody has to touch it fast before they even access the water so the fact that this is an automatic water dispenser there is a way it kind of prevents uh, that whole situation and, and and this this comes in very handy for situations right now for not only been covid-19 we still have a lot of contagious infections that are existing in the refugee camps by the way and we even have the case of Ebola that's not way far away it's just Uganda has been hit by the case of Ebola that i think up to now still a district in Uganda move and they still under lockdown so these are some of very this is a very very amazing invention and i'm super 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 excited actually on 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 how it how it actually tends to go so i want to ask you this what impact do you hope your automatic water dispenser will have on your community particularly during this you know situation that i've just spoken about uh, where we have uh, these diseases we have stuff what impact do you think uh, this water dispenser is going to have on your community i think at some point there's still need for um contactless within um the communities right so uh, i i think it will uh, generally help cut off the the germs transmission in, in a sense that like you mentioned earlier on um somebody could actually you know after washing hands you still have to touch the tap to close the water but then there you'll just wash your hands and move without touching so there's less chances of you picking back the germs from the 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 tap handle so i think that's that that's one of the the positive of this project at the moment but i am yet at the development phase of it i mean beyond everything we also know like a, a situation like the refugee camp there is of course need and there is very dire need of 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 health related equipments in the community as much as possible which of course uh, this automatic water dispenser comes in very very handy as an equipment that is there to be able to reduce as much infections as possible the refugee camp is a community whereby there are so many people right and it being there are so many people um they're very the very easy ways of how diseases or contagious infections can actually spread more especially those that go with the fact that people have to touch one thing at a time so i just want to ask you so what what do you think of later after developing it what is your plan continuing developing it yeah because um you know when you start up something like that you'll have to constantly develop it like at the moment the automatic water dispenser uses arduino board which is quite expensive and uh, um trying to remove the the arduino component out of it that means i need to use pure electronic components to to make the the system work but we don't know a the microcontroller So literally we're just like trying to reduce the cost of making the dispenser the, the the high cost of making the dispenser to at least something affordable for every everybody. 
now you just told me about the fact that there are available resources that you've been using to build this but you're talking about an Arduino board you're talking about you know tech, tech stuff where are you getting this do you have access to funds where, where have you been getting access to these electronics from well um platform africa is one of the the media organization which is also as a maker space in the in the refugee settlement so they have these um access to skills and knowledge on open tech in martin's case the ascotech which has some of these components so i literally use some of those um electrical components and then uh the sensors from the kit to develop this yeah all right uh that's that's super amazing and very grateful of your work by the way uh but just one more thing that you actually talked about a little bit when i got to know you was that you actually <laughs> you've been working on promoting repair cafes in the refugee settlement to reduce plastic disposal too as well so can you tell us more about that and maybe how it fits in your overall vision for environmental protection in your community i i can remember back in uh before actually they asked the project uh Matthew Lubari was doing the, the the repair of electronics at the refugee information center and actually he used to involve me in in helping him you know get a screwdriver and all this so and then um when Rockages had a partnership with 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 Citen um Tim Veer Tim Villa introduced uh, the repair cafe which of course at that moment we we noticed that the community were much interested in the activity and we're like ah i think if we can bring in the aspect of mobile repair cafe could be beneficial to the community because actually number of people came in for the services so we we are looking into contributing towards a sustainable development goal and number 13 the climate action and that, that is by uh, extending the the lifespan of uh, an electronic component or electronic device in a way that as we plan to to recycle we plan to gather them for recycling at least we extend some of it to 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 allow easy planning <laughs> no thank you so much i guess uh, i mean when you talked about tim villa i think he's also part of the operation of psychology and also he has been working quite along uh, with the um the community of the rock agency and also together with uh, quite a couple of colleagues who are under the access to skills and knowledge network project so um super excited about that actually and uh, you see that I've seen a lot of big corporations right now also going in the same way. Uh, I think uh, of recent Apple was criticized for the fact that they are not allowing their their devices to be a little bit more repairable. But yes, what what wherever around repair cafes is such an amazing idea and we are super super invested and love that. So but just my last question uh, to you is that what advice would you give to other young innovators who are looking to make a difference in their community using open source technology? To somebody who is building from scratch I would say it's not going to be like a one week or two weeks kind of uh learning but it will take like months or a year to to practice to 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 to, pra- to continue practicing so you need a little bit of persistence and consistency in in the process and then secondly um you should have a good network uh, pe- people who are ready to support you in terms of resources in terms of uh, like guiding you through Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh I don't know. I've asked you quite a couple of things. Uh but have you found it fun? Like did you find it fun 
doing all these, what are some of the best moments you have had as a person while either innovating? Did you fail at some one point and you, you laughed at yourself? Or did you find something exciting? What are some of the fun, fun part of just innovating or thinking of something that you want to do? I really don't know what makes me to, to get the, the interest of continuously developing this. But I just love the thing. And there's no explanation for that. I would just like try to build up things. Every day I would just wake up, try to check on probably one component and, and build it. Just like that, but really nothing attached to it. And I really don't see actually the fun part of it, but I just like it. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Malia Mungu, of being with us. I'm super, super excited that you've been with us, actually. Um, we're truly inspired by Richard's innovative spirit and, of course, his commitment to making a positive impact on his community. So we hope that his story will inspire others to pursue their own innovative solutions, of course, to be problem solvers and also uh, to provide solutions to the problems they actually tend to face. Thank you so much Richard for joining us and of course for sharing your story with us on the Ask Podcast. You can also catch up with us in the next episodes or also try to look at the former episodes via our different podcast channels and of course on YouTube too as well. So thanks so much and let us meet in the next episode. Thank you so much. <laughs>